Hello guys and welcome to Wolfie and Friends. This is Wolfie here. Wolfie and Friends is about ordinary people sharing their extraordinary lives and how they got there. And that's about it really, about how they got there and all the things that they're doing within it. We all have a story to tell. And we didn't know that we all have a journey. And in that journey, it's about how we got there and more importantly, how we can share that along the way. So along this series, or series one here, we're going to meet so many different people who are embarking on that stage, whether they're a student to whether they're further down in their years in life, and embarking the wisdom that they've learned along the way. And today we're joined by Kane, who started his own business, Design Wales. So Kane, do you want to take it away, please? Hi, thank you for the introduction. Um, yeah, so in the past couple of months, I've been working on my own uh, little design company um, and it's evolved from time to time um, it started out as designed by Kane um, very quick little thing in fact I did it because uh, I had heard you talk about starting a podcast for so long <laughs> and not acting upon it <laughs> if I design his logo and his artwork for the podcast that it will force his hand and, and, and thankfully it has done yeah so, um, yeah, and then it's just going strength to strength. And then uh, only a couple uh, weeks from uh, the recording of this, uh, I have decided to do a rebrand because things have gone quite well for me. Um, and I just needed to do a, do a facelift on the company that kind of pulled it away from uh, being solely about me. So I'm trying to make a something, a brand that's, going onto a bigger platform. That's amazing. So to reach that point, let's go, let's unpack it. Let's go to the beginning because we're in the middle. This is the middle of your journey. Mm. So how did life unfold for you? Like where, where did it all start from? Like what is the history beginning of Kane? Um, so obviously grew up in London, uh, West London, moved to Labrick Grove when I was about 12, I think. No, I think I was about 12. Um, didn't really study anything that really particularly interested me. Dropped out of university twice, um, two different universities. The first one I did, did economics and the second one I did uh, business law. Um, scholarship on the second one at a private university, still not, still not what I wanted to do, so I dropped out. Then I've been working in the events industry ever since. Um, got quite lucky, a few lucky breaks here and there. But worked quite hard and uh, yeah, I've managed to forward an industry in the events industry where I've worked for uh, the Football Association, Wembley Stadium, I've worked for the O2 Arena, I've worked for some small independent venues and now I work at Eventim UK, which is the largest ticketing agent in Europe, where I'm a client account manager. Um, so yeah, and then just over lockdown is when I decided to, to venture in a bit of a path uh, of my own, which is a... Uh, yeah, Design Wales. So you briefly mentioned that you went to two universities and had a scholarship in that. So how does that happen? How do you go from two unis with a scholarship to not being in uni? Um, unpack that for us. Um, so I went to, I chose my first university because uh, I don't even know if it's around anymore. It was in Greenford. It was a, another type of private university, but not as, not as well established, not as good, not as run, well run. Um, the reason I dropped out of that university is because I was studying economics. I don't know really know why, because I hate maths. And <laughs> I don't think I understood how heavily uh, math-based or math-involved economics was. Um, 
so simply put, it wasn't. It just wasn't right for me, and I knew okay. I didn't want to do it. Um, so I dropped out, waited, uh, bided my time, um, and saw there was a you know private university called Pearson College um, on the Strand in central London. Um, Pearson are a blue chip FTSE one hundred company. They publish education books. They own the Financial Times. Um, so what was that like day to day? Like what was that encounter like? What do you mean, in the campus? Yeah. What was uh, well, the, the campus is based at, in the head office. Um, I don't think it is anymore. I think the university has continued to grow and grow. And, and now they can't uh, keep the same amount of students as actual employees they have at Pearson. So, um, But it was, yeah, it was a really good experience. I was doing business law on the scholarship, which I which I really enjoyed, actually. I enjoyed studying business law. I, I, I did. Um, the reason I dropped out is because I had found a small part-time ish job at Wembley Stadium covering events um, you know working with the ticketing teams in the box office um, and I think I kind of just knew this is where I wanted to go it was a lot more fun it was a lot more vibrant um, and you know there it comes a time where you know you're learning legislation and all these type of things were not particularly fun um, to do and then you go off to do your job where you're in the box office uh, working a UEFA Champions League final night, yeah, uh, and then getting tickets to go in after you've done your shift. You know, I mean, it's that kind of changes your perspective on things, and it's not just the it's Champions the enjoyment League. level, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's that, and it's the passion I found for working in events and the kind of atmosphere that it creates and the teams and stuff of that nature. And then I was speaking to the people who work, uh, I was working with at the FA and, uh, and when we stadium, and speaking to them, you know, what did they study? And none of them did event management or I think maybe maybe one out of a thousand do event management nowadays who are on events or have some kind of connection to major events um, and so I just thought I'm dropping out here this is what I want to do this is what I want to get into it wasn't ideal um, I've obviously got student debt but uh, it, I know for my happiness that it was the right decision you know I think if I'm being quite open there are times that I was incredibly depressed at university and it, it would almost bring me to tears. In fact, I think maybe on a few occasions it does bring me to tears when I'm just at home and having to learn legislation and learn this and that and do coursework. And it's not because of the subject matter, it's because I just don't want to do this in my life. Uh, and yeah. I'm just going down a route which society pushes that this is the correct route you should do. You should go school. Yeah. School, you should go to college. In college, you should go university. Yeah. And if anything less than that, then you failed in life. And I think that kind of pressure got to me and I just decided to, uh, without swearing, use the F-bomb and draw, yeah. leave and, 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 and forge a path for myself. And it's been, I've been very lucky, but very successful. Can I just say as well how massive it is to be so vulnerable in that situation? Mm -hmm. Be so open and vulnerable and realise actually this situation isn't for me, not just because I might not be academically strong enough to do it, but just because this currently isn't my current path right now and to realise that and to be intentional in that. Because sometimes in the situations we're in, we can just feel we have to go down that route. So for you to identify that, that's massive. Mm. And I think, and that's part of the reason why we're having these conversations and what, what this is about. It's you're telling your story in which you've been intentional, especially in that situation where you could have done that on a linear path. And as we continue on in this, is it's so powerful that you've done, you know what, for my own mental health, for where I'm at, this is not currently the place I need to be right now, was big. 
Mm. No, it is. And, uh, you know, I'd voice anyone that, while, you know, I don't want to push this as a mental health podcast or a mental health episode, that if you, you know, are being brought to tears for studying, you should drop out. It's not good. So you mentioned currently that you're working with Eventing. And how how does that journey fall about? How do you go from the young lad who, you know, selling tickets on the door, in, enjoying Champions League nights, you know, to you're now working with one of the, what is it, one of the largest ticketing companies in Europe? Yeah, it's the largest ticketing company in Europe. Um, uh, and, yeah, so it's all over Europe. And, yeah, it's actually the largest. Uh, a lot of people... Uh, think it's Ticketmaster or something like that but no it's actually it's actually eventing so yeah no I, I, the journey I got there um well post dropping out of university I then went to go um I got a hookup from a friend at the university I dropped out of um doing food shopping online for Sainsbury's I've worked from 4am to 8am Monday to Friday um, after dropping out of university, which always, you know, it's already, it's got a negative stigma anyway, but when you do drop out of a scholarship to do business law to then do a type of shift like that at Sainsbury's, um, comes even more, uh, judgment from outside and mm. even more, uh, negativity. Um, and there's nothing wrong with working at Sainsbury's. I've got nothing but respect for those who do it, um, and, and in all jobs, um, but when you drop out of university and you do something like that, you get the whole university dropout stigma even more. Yeah. Um, but then I would do that 4 a.m. to 8 a.m. shift, then drive up to Wembley Stadium to do a 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. shift uh, with the office. And sometimes if there was events, you stay later. Um, sometimes I'd leave at 2 a.m. Uh, if I was working with the event management team. Um, and then stayed there for about four years. They didn't offer me a full-time position. Uh, so then I went to go work for the O2 Arena as a contact centre and box office coordinator. Um, stayed there for two years, managing some staff, working with some events. Um, then moved on to Troxy, which is an independent venue in East London, uh, where I oversaw the change of a ticket partner, which is quite big for the industry I'm in, um, especially for someone of my age. Um, it was definitely a, something well beyond my years uh, that someone would usually do, but took it in my stride, knocked it out of the park. And that's an extraordinary thing, isn't it? Sorry for the punt there, people. Yeah. But that is in terms of you haven't allowed that to cripple you. I think so much in society's term is I'm too young for this or I'm not fast enough for this or strong enough for this or I'm it's above me. But you've stepped out. You stepped out of your comfort zone to do something like that. Was quite, it's quite bold, isn't it? Yeah, there was a few reasons I was a bit... Uh, why someone in my position would be hesitant with my age. I was leaving a company in the O2 that is the world's number one entertainment venue. It gets more people through its stores than Madison Square Garden or anything in Las Vegas or anything around the world. It's literally the number one venue in the world um, in terms of people uh, going inside the arena. Um, so I was quite young and I was going to swap all that to go to a small independent venue in East London that no one had really heard of um and so a lot of people thought of me i was crazy and something you probably do at the later part of your career when you just want to slow it down um but yeah i went there did a big big project again something probably well beyond people who do my job would do in their career um and yeah i i like to think i knocked out of the park i turned 
uh, with the partnership deal that came through uh, from DICE, we turned a small independent venue in East London that no one had heard of into the world's largest mobile-only venue, um, which was quite an achievement. And then, yeah, after after a year and a bit there, I decided uh, I wanted to move on again. Um, I felt with the project I had done at Troxy, I think there was nothing more I could do. Um, you know, I'm never going to achieve kind of the same level of project that I did when I when I entered the gate. So I moved on to Eventim, and yeah, I've been, been there since September 2019. Uh, I've got some big clients um, who put on arena tours all over the country or stadium tours. Um, but I've also got some small clients, very local, um, yeah, and everything in between, to be honest. And it's been it's been great fun. I've known some of the team there for a while, and yeah, uh, I uh, I really enjoy it. So you briefly alluded to it earlier about you starting your designing company that was originally called Design by Kane, and now it's making such a impact in the waters. Mm. It's because, <laughs> put a pun there. It's become Design Wales. Yeah. But how did that spark in itself? How did Design by Kane take feature? Um, design by Kane, I did on a whim, really. I didn't intend to start a graphic design company. Um, I just wanted you to start your podcast, and I knew you wouldn't unless someone forced your hand, so I tried to force <laughs> your hand with a logo. And you did. And I did, well and, and surely. I remember... You wanted to post a logo and me just seeing this as an opportunity to kind of venture out whether, you know, you're going to publicise the logo I've made, but I haven't got anything myself. So I thought, mm, I'll tie it in with uh, with starting my own, my own company. Um, and I chose Design by Kane because it was a design by Kane and it just kind of felt right. And I wasn't too sure where it would go, how it would, how it would evolve. Um... But then fast forward less than a month, um, I have grown significantly um, from clients domestic and both international. So I just felt that it was the right time for a rebrand, something where I could grow from. Um, I wanted to move away from having my name as the vocal point. I am not an, I'm not a famous graphic designer. I don't really think my name should be in the name of the company anymore. So I wanted to go with something like I wanted. I knew I wanted to go something Japanese initially. I remember that's what I said to you on the phone. Yeah, we, we were talking about it. it was a it was a good old conversation. It's like we're going Japanese. I went okay. Next thing I knew, it's like Wales, but it just fits something. It just mm. yeah. I think I, I, I would, the Japanese route. I was trying to just think like I like Japanese design. I like um, yeah. I like you know when you go into the like the ancient side of Japan. Um, I like the typography they have, especially I like the characters they use. Um, and I was just trying to find some nice words that fit. Um, I can't remember one of the ones I found, but it meant like um, perfection in Japanese. And I thought mm, that the Japanese word for perfection uh, design would would work. Uh, but then I just got a bit hesitant on it. I just think mm, it's a bit tough to create a, a logo from that. Um, and so I, I just changed my mind and I wanted to choose an animal um, and I just felt whales were, were the best I do like marine life probably more than I like uh, uh, land life uh, in terms of animals um, my favourite animal is a great white shark however 
Um, I, uh, there's quite a famous gym that you have a shark in their logo. Oh, yeah. Gym shark. Well, it's not a gym, sorry. It's a clothing brand. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to go that route. And it was, it was just too aggressive for what I wanted. Um, so I went with Wales. Um, it is a beautiful logo. I, I really do love the patterns and the way it's intricately designed together. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's just a nice little... It's a nice little logo. Um, no, yeah, I chose Wales because I, I I feel like uh, I'm making a splash, um, and I made it plural because I hope to grow the business as, as more than one. So it will be not just me, a singular whale, but my pod will have other whales in it. That's 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 nice, and I think to see the concept and for how long I've known you for, well, it's like well over a decade, I think. To see how you've grown in such this vision, it is brilliant. And so far, especially with what you shared so far, it is about being intentional. Um, I want to put as well, some of the things that we've spoke about today are things that I didn't even know about Kane. And it's the, it's the beauty of the intentionality behind your story, in especially in today's context of it's okay if you're you're there or you feel like you're going to fall or you've got to stumble. Like some of the students I tell in my day-to-day job, it's about fail. And fail is first attempt in learning. And that aspect of sometimes if you, you fall down, you get back up and you go at it again. But that intentionality behind your movement and even with this logo of you're going against the current or you're going with the way, but you're moving forward is such a powerful and visual concept and that you are making waves, especially in this dynamic world. So everything that we've spoken about today, what would be the key takeaways and advice tips that you would want to give to someone else on their journey to help them moving forward? Um, are we talking about like a younger person? Yeah, like a younger person or someone in their 20s to someone in their 30s. What nugget do you, from your voice, your narrative, could help them along their way? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's not to judge your success by people who are your same age. I think if you do that, you set yourself up to fail. Mm. There's probably a six-year-old right now who's got a YouTube channel and is earning (laughs) 100 million pounds a a year or something like that. So if you judge your life by others, you're going to always never be satisfied. I think you need to find what makes you happy. I think you need to find what gives you comfort and what gives you a sense of pride. And I think you need to run with it. Um, I think in an age of social media, that's hard. I think when you, you know, I go onto social media, lucky enough, I don't, because I can be asked to, I I don't follow any celebrities. I don't really follow any influencers or anything like that. But if you're someone who does do that, which is more power to you, fine. But it almost bides into a sign of, well, they've got this at 21. Why have I not got this at 23? Yeah. Um, and I just think that it can be quite a toxic environment in social media, even though if it, even if it's a very positive environment and everyone's you know successful and everyone you're following is happy and lovely, you're gonna you know you might have to fall in the trap of trying to base your happiness and success off theirs and saying why am I not as happy as them? So for me, it's 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 what I would say is take some time to look at what you've got, be grateful for what you've got, and when you're planning your future of what you then want, make sure it's what you want and not what you think other people uh, would want. That's kind of what I would suggest. And I think if you do that, I think you'll be happy. I think you, you, you'll you find what you're looking for. 
Um, and that's what I would probably have imparted on my younger self. Had I, had I known what I know now, I wouldn't even have gone university. Um, I wouldn't have wasted my time there because, um, and I'm not saying that it's a waste of time to go to university. I'm not saying that at all. But for me, it was a waste of time because it was a, two years of my life that um, I arguably will never get back. But it. In but the you same learn sense, along the way. Yeah, you learn the, the experiences you did help forge sense, who you are. Yeah, exactly. In the same sense, maybe I wouldn't take it back because I wouldn't be in this position I am now. Mm. But that also feeds into a point of you'll make mistakes. Yes. Um, on on this path, and um, it's how you you learn from those mistakes and you move forward. It was a mistake for me to go to university, but. It was a mistake that probably, actually, now I think about it even a bit more in these past few few seconds that I'm actually grateful for because, yeah, it has made me who I am. So I think, yeah, just arguably just what I've said really is not to focus too much on what other people have got and just know you'll, you'll make mistakes along the way. So guys, thank you. And that has been the first episode of Wolfie and Friends. So Wolfie and Friends, ordinary people sharing their extraordinary lives. So a massive thanks to Kane from Design Wales. And guys, tune in for future weeks with the many guests that we have all involved. So remember, the key takeaway from today is about being intentional. By being intentional and taking that forward step in many things, we may fail, but it's about getting back up again and having another go. So guys, this has been Wolfie and Friends, and this is Wolfie signing out.